The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. All right, I hope everyone had a great weekend. There's so much to talk about including uh, Adam Schefter uh, making a lot of people very excited in the city of Chicago today. Very excited. In the uh, early morning hours with his uh, tweet. Uh, not a shock on the uh, news of the tweet. I mean, I think uh, all of us were like, duh. <laughs> right? I mean, that's my favorite word in the English language. As the older I get, the more I love it. Duh. And like, I think it duh. and I don't I don't think it gets old either. I think no, it's it doesn't. It's hot again. I it, think it, uh, duh. I think athletes use it. LeBron's used it a lot lately. Duh. 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 The pitch clock is good. Duh. Yeah. The Not Bears everyone should be able to fleece somebody. Duh. I don't think everyone will. I, I want to talk about the pitch clock I know. though. People people I think it's going to be something that People uh, hiss and moan about. I said hiss. Yeah. Hiss and moan about quite a bit. Yeah, but I, so far, a thumbs up, a big thumbs up from me. I got two thumbs for you straight up in the air as well. Good. That's four of our thumbs way up. Yeah, uh, way not up. Uh, somewhere, but uh, just up in the air. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, let's, let's talk about this. So he tweets early in the morning that uh, the Bears uh, are, are leaning towards trading the pick. And then he ended up going on uh, Cap and Jay Hood. And he expanded on this. He wrote a story. But I think the best stuff is uh, is this. And so since we haven't been on all afternoon, let's not delay. And if you want to react, we've got uh, the next about hour. And we are uninterrupted. 312-332-3776. We're guest-free. We're uninterrupted. We want to talk to you on this rainy Monday so if you want to react, uh, let's play you some of this stuff. Um, so this is first just his reaction with Cap and Jay Hood. That yes, indeed, that the Bears are indeed leading towards trading the number one overall pick. It's Combine Week where the entire NFL universe gathers in Indianapolis to study the prospects for the upcoming draft, begin to assess deals for the upcoming year. And it's a situation where I think this is, you know, an advertisement. The number one pick is for sale. Let's start talking. We've already been talking. Let's make the best deal possible. And let's see what that entails in the end. So I, I think they're open for business. They've been open for business. But this is now obviously uh, one final word that it sounds like they are going to be open to dealing and trading that number one overall pick. So in that, in like I think more so it tells you that they're not – in the business of drafting a quarterback at number one, well, which, and, and which think, I've always thought would be dumb to begin with. Yeah, I mean, it's not the route I would choose. I mean, it's I don't think any of the four guys that are being mentioned as first-round draft picks right now are a better option than Justin, in my opinion. But it's not up to me. It's up to, to Ryan Poles. But, uh, yeah, now we now, now you, let's go. Let's get the information thing cranked up now. Let's let's start to let people know that people are calling us up at Howlett's Hall. So if you want in on this 
this this you know this trade derby you better you better give us a holler yeah so so again that's sort of still the da portion of the the information but again, now the now it gets interesting there's some good stuff here from Adam Schefter earlier with Cap and J Hood you could get the entire interview on the ESPN Chicago app including this um, that the the Bears could uh, trade down and trade down multiple times including even this week. Now, I, I got a lot of response when I did tweet out this nugget that, yeah, that, that, that most likely, and, and a lot of people said that there's 0% chance that a trade would be done this week. I'll let Schefter explain it, and then we could react to it. And I would agree with many of the people who did respond in that way, but let him explain it, and then we can react to it. Here's Shefty. I think it's certainly possible that you could go from one to two with one deal, and two to four with another deal. And the options are multiple. Like, I don't think that they're confined or limited with the way the draft board falls to just one trade. It's possible that they can make multiple trades. It's possible they can make one trade. It's up to them to sift through this year. Over the course of the next few days, weeks, whatever it may be, the draft is in essentially two months. But we've seen top picks trade. I remember coming up from the Combine the year that Josh Allen was in the draft and Lamar Jackson in the draft, and the Jets traded up, I believe, from 6-3 to three with Indianapolis, or 6-4 to four, or 8-4, to four, whatever it was. But I remember thinking, wow, that trade could be made in mid-March, like six weeks out of the draft. And I just think the timeline on all these things in the NFL – has been accelerated, and you don't wait necessarily to the end anymore. That these talks are going on, they have been going on, they're going to continue to go on, and nothing would stop the Bears from making the right deal this week if they found it. So there's a good explanation that there's precedent that if someone wows them and says, look, we'll do it now if you take our offer, but you got to do it now. How would you react to to the, the the explanation that yes, a deal could be made here in earlier mid March? Not impossible, but unlikely. Uh, you know, as Shefty said, he gave you one example. That is probably, if you look over the course of time, it's the exception, not the rule. Um, I, I would think it's much more likely that a, that a deal would be made after you go through the free agency process. Uh, but if you listen, if, if Houston comes to you and says, hey, you know, we got to have this, we got to have it. Here's what we're going to offer. I mean, what's what's the harm? You know, I mean, if you, they hit a number um, that is outrageous, but I would just think that they'll take their time with this. I don't think that they'll get it done anytime soon. But, you know, again, I'd like to see them go through free agency before I, I see them deal this pick. But I do believe what Shefty says is true. I think that this pick, and I've always felt that this pick is going to be very valuable. And whether or not you make one, one trade or two trades, I think, as you and I have talked in the past, it comes down to how far down, and I heard Carmen the Good Kid talking about this today, how far down does Ryan Poles want to go? Do they want to miss out on Carter or Anderson if they don't feel like they can move down past four, then, you know, then I don't think they will. But uh, we'll see how they feel about those two players. And I think it, it comes down to where Ryan Poles wants to select uh, with his first pick in the draft. And by the way, it's WMVP uh, Chicago, ESPN 1000, and WSHE HD2 Chicago. 
uh, ESPN 1000 is we are uninterrupted till about uh, 5.40, and then we'll cross-talk with Black and Abdallah after the uh, White Sox first win of the spring. I would, if you want to react, 312-332-3776. Go I ahead. Just, I would turn around and I'd ask you, what is the benefit of making a deal now? Oh, the, the the only thing is is if you're wowed, like yes, like, like 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 and 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 like I was thinking more about the cult aspect to this, that it, like there are these stages that you can do, like you just mentioned the Texans, like the only way you deal with the Colts now is if they like you've always said flee someone, flee yes. someone. Let's go. The only way you're making a deal with the Colts. Is if you're getting, they have to pay you. What's the opposite of pennies on the dollar? Like dollars on the pennies. Dollars on the penny. <laughs> they, they they have to pay you dollars on the pennies. You know what I mean? Like, do you want this pick Colts? You because you have to threaten them. You have to hold them hostage, basically, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Because you have to threaten them, and you have to say you want to come up to one. Because if you guys don't come up to one, you could end up with the third best quarterback of this draft. Because then the Texans could come up to one, and then someone could, and then we're going to hold two, and then we may invite someone to come up to two before you guys. And then you're going to have to deal with Arizona, or you're going to have to wait to your own pick at four. And the only way we're dealing with you, we're skipping steps to deal with you. From one to four. And if we're going to go from one to four to deal with you, you are going, and it's like a lot of our callers have said, if you want to go from four to one, you're going to have to give us that second round pick, next year's number one pick, and multiple other options, or else we're going to go from one to two. And we're going to deal with the Texans, and we're going to get stuff from them. And then we're going to do another. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's too many things the Bears can miss out on from other teams that, that like Shefty was just saying. I also the, the thing that came out of what Shefty had to say today that resonated most with me is the fact that the Bears have already had conversations with teams. Now, that could be the Bears contacting Shefty, and, and this isn't a slight at Shefty, and letting him know the teams have contacted them, thinking that, okay, let's get the ball rolling. Let's let everyone in the NFL know that teams are calling us. You know, the phone lines are hot. If you want to get in on this, come and get in on this. <laughs> yeah. To me, that makes more sense. And Meller and I had this conversation when you gone, you were gone was about how, you know, the, the misdirection play of letting, trying to let people know that you were going to draft a quarterback first overall. And, and look, Jeff and I were both like, I'm open to you telling me how that advances your leverage but you have the ultimate leverage. You have the first overall selection. I think this is more likely them going out there and trying to leverage what they have. Is saying, hey, we're already getting calls, guys. Like, it, we get calls from the Texans. We get calls from the Colts. We get calls from the Panthers. We get calls from the, from the Falcons. I'm getting calls from people that you didn't even think knew how to call us. Yeah, so, right. like, listen, this is the point to me. And, and again, Shetty's got is is the best in the business at this, and he's got great resources everywhere. I think this is a great move by the Bears as well, letting Shefty know that you know, however many people have called, don't know, but people are calling us right now. So if you're interested, you better start a dialogue with us. Yeah, let let me play uh, that last full bite of Meller. Let me play uh, that one if you could about the feeding frenzy because I think that that goes into this 
And, and that's what Shefty's talking about, the multiple teams. And, again, like, you can threaten the Colts. Like, you could say, look, the, the, the Texans are going to come up. If, if you don't want to come up, Colts, to one, and give us everything that we want from you, all these picks that we want, the Texans are going to get first dibs, and then we're going to sit at two. And then, and then we could deal with the Titans, who are also in. They need a quarterback, and they're also in your division. So not only could you get the third-best quarterback in this draft, but you're going to have two of your division rivals beat you to the punch for that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's a great threat. Look, and, don't, also, don't overlook the Panthers. Like, the Panthers have a new coaching staff, all right? Yep. And their owner doesn't give a rat's ass about it. He's got more money than he'll ever have. Like and I who know coaches who, co- who coaches the Panthers now? Uh, Frank Wright, who used to coach the Colts. Exactly. I so mean, like, yeah, like, yeah, like. So he, I, he I, would I, love to screw. Wouldn't he love to screw the Colts? I mean, I know you're looking for your quarterback anyway, and you don't give a, a rat's ass about the Colts. But that that would rub him. Like everything is is fair in negotiations. It's I'm going to deal it, with Reich. Yeah, it's isn't it the old. Um, the old bull uh, analogy, I, I'm going to mess this up because I'm not good at jokes, but instead of running down the hill, walk down the hill. Like, let's walk down the hill. Let's not run down the hill and do anything rash. You know, let's... Give me the joke. What's this joke? Help me out, Meller or Tyler. You know about I mean, I mean, Tyler. You would know. Joke. You're 25 years old. <laughs> you know, you, you, you stand at the is top of the Jack hill. Jack and, and Jill, what is this? Uh, I know I'm trying to... Uh... Jack went is up. Andrew Dice Clay's J- Jack yeah, and Jill Jack, joke? Jack, yes. No, 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 Jack no, went up no, the hill no, with no. bubbles, this is right? About, this no. is about the Jack old... Jack went up the hill with a buck and a quarter. No, this is about the old bull and the young bull. About, look, hey, let's, you know, let's go get some. Let's go get after it. The young bull says, and the old bull says, let's, you know, the young bull says, let's run down there. And the old bull says, well, let's walk down and have, you know, multiple experiences. Listen, the Jill point I'm making is, let's walk down the hill... And get a piece of all these NFL teams instead of running down the hill and taking the first offer that somebody gives you. Okay, I got that's you. The, that's the moral of the story. Carmen, where are you at when I need you with the jokes? Let's see. Come it's on. on. I got Urban Dictionary up. The old bull and the young bull were standing yes. on top of the hill overlooking a paddock. And, and, oh, you like, got it? Are you seriously? You're, you're, you're looking at this? Yeah. you're making this up? A, a paddock of many well, gorgeous young Welcome to the heifers. internet, Waddle. The young bull says, let's charge down the hill. Knock over the fence. And, um, yes. Yeah. Fornicate. Yeah. The, the old yeah. bull w- w- uh, wisely replied, why don't we just saunter down the hill, open the gate, take a sip of water through the trough, and then uh, take care of all of them. Okay. Now, do you get what I'm saying now? Like, you don't need to right. be That's the young I mean. bull trying right. to take a, a, a draft or a trade for the draft this week. Be the old bull. Walk down and get a piece of the, the Texans, the Colts, the Panthers, Speaking anyone. Of bulls, the Texans are first, right? Deal with the Bulls first. Yes. Deal with the Texans. Too bad they can't deal with the Chicago Bulls. That works well for oh, somebody else. Oh, stop it. 2-0, and oh, baby, in the new uh, era. Yeah. Uh, hey, no, here's the good thing. He'd if- give us many unprotected picks. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the, the, here's the thing, though. For Ryan Poles, this is easy. He knows how to go ahead and, you know, leverage the other teams against each other. If he makes, if he trades this pick away early, the way Adam Schefter suggested is a possibility before free agency, he is going to come through with an absolute haul. That's the only way it makes sense for the Bears. But I can see why other teams, in particular the Carolina Panthers, 
might might be saying we yeah. need to put some urgency on this. We are willing to give you all of these assets because we want to know before free agency starts in two weeks when the legal tampering period is March 13th. We want to know whether or not we have the first pick or if we need to be in this quarterback free agency pool. I'm yeah. just saying don't be the young bull. Be the old bull, okay? Just make sure. Just make sure because just saying. All right, so three one two three three two three seven seven six. But speaking of this feeding frenzy, as the old bull, listen to uh, Adam Schefter here. When you look at the draft and the possibilities that are out there, we have the Texans at two, mm-hmm. the Colts at four, the Seahawks at five, the Raiders at seven, Falcons at eight, Panthers at nine. One, two, three, four, five. That's six teams in the top ten that you could make an argument will not be or could use help at the quarterback position. Six teams. So the Bears have the number one pick and really don't have a need a quarterback. I mean, I know there's talk about Justin Fields. I'm not buying. I think he's their guy. They just have to surround him with the right people. And so if you don't have a glaring need at quarterback, and they don't, and the Texans, Colts, Seahawks, Raiders, Falcons, Panthers, all have quarterback questions over the long term, uh, you, you, you could have potentially – you know, a feeding frenzy for that number one overall pick creates an incredible situation for that organization and a chance to recoup a lot of these picks and to really stock up for the future. And that, that's what this is about right now. It's really a chance, Waddle, to do the most creative general managing yeah. we've seen someone do here in Chicago in a long time. Listen, it's the reason why, you know, and Shefty said, you know, he stated the obvious. It's not a bad thing, but he stated the obvious that, that look, and it's something we've talked about now for weeks. The moment that the Texans puked on themselves in the final regular season game and decided to do whatever it was that they did for competitive balance or spirit and and kicked away the number one pick, Ryan Poles has been in the catbird seat all along. Yeah. He's had the most free agency cap, you know, from day one. Now he's got the number one overall selection. He is definitely the guy who can have the greatest impact in the NFL offseason in 2023. If he makes good decisions, and, you, you know, the likelihood that every one of his decisions is going to be an A-plus decision is not very good. But if you make the majority of your decisions are all good decisions, there's a chance to put this franchise back on track for the foreseeable future. Right. That's, that's, if, that's, why, it, that's why if you get more creative and you keep trading down and you get more swings, the more swings at it, the more likely you are to hit on some of those swings. Saunter, don't rush. Saunter. Saunter down the hill. Oh, wise bull. And then speaking of appalls, and then we'll get to these calls, um, this, this, the bite number three, Shefty uh, reiterated that this is the offseason of Ryan Poles. To me, when we go into this offseason, I know everybody's waiting for a decision for Aaron Rodgers and, and waiting to hear what he has to say, but I don't think that there's any one person that's going to impact this offseason any more than the Chicago Bears general manager, Ryan Poles. Here's a man that holds the number one overall pick. Here's a man that has roughly $100 million in cap space. Here's a man that's going to be moving and shaking. And so right now is the start of a critical two months for the future of this Bears franchise. And it starts now, and Ryan Poles is going to be at the center of it. Tyler brought up a great point when we were driving out of the lot the other day, when he was in for Black and Abdallah. He said... In these projections of top 50 free agents, in a lot of them, the Bears are getting like two of them. 
You know, some of them they're getting three maybe. Yeah. But the way you rebuild, and we've talked about this a lot, the way you build a football team is not through free agency. That's how you supplement your foundation. Agreed. You build from the bottom up by drafting. You build your foundation through the draft. So the way Ryan Poles is going to be able to control and build his team is by the creatively trading in the draft, drafting these prospects and, and developing and the more, the merrier, the better he's going to be. It's not going to be in two weeks. He may add an impact player or two and, and, and help, but the way he's going to build a foundation is through the draft. No, I agree with you, and I think it's going to be really interesting. You know, again, this is a defensive-minded head coach, and they desperately – the first thing they did last year in free agency is what? They signed a three technique. Now, he failed his physical, right? but that's what they did. Like, the three technique is is the pinnacle of what they want to do. It's the anchor of what they want to do on defense. I, I know Deron Payne is, is likely going to be franchised by, by the commanders, but if they can find somebody in free agency that they feel can, you know, Devon Hargrove may be that guy, uh, the kid out of Denver may be that guy. Who, If you can find someone, then that means maybe in the draft they'll go for the edge rusher, Will Anderson. I think that, you know, the dominoes, you'll be able to follow the, you know, the, the trail here and some of the dominoes will fall uh, in free agency. But I'm, I'm with you, Sylvie, because it's, it's one of the reasons why, look, I, I'm not, I don't try to consistently crush Mike McGlinchey. I just wouldn't pay him as the highest paid right tackle in all the NFL. Not with a team that has that many needs and that many issues on both sides of the football. Why not give me two guys for the price of Mike McGlinchey when I don't even think Mike McGlinchey is a guy that is a, a you know is an all pro caliber right tackle. So you know they, there's a number of routes they can go. There's a number of holes they need to fill. Uh, but it's going to be it should be exciting for Bears fans. It should be a great next four weeks. And you know with the combine starting now. Um, I'm interested to hear what the guys have to say. Uh, I believe tomorrow they talk to Poles, yeah. don't they? Yeah, I think Poles uh, speaks to the uh, the Bears contingent tomorrow. And then I believe uh, Poles is going to be on with Cap and Jay Hood on Wednesday um, as the new era of ESPN 1000 kicks off. Ooh, yes. So some good stuff coming your way. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. The entire Adam Schefter air, uh, interview conversation is on the ESPN Chicago app. On the Cap and Jay Hood page, our buddy Bob in Rosemont, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Bobby? Good afternoon, fellas. Uh, you know, I tend to agree with Tom on this. Uh, I, I don't see the logic. I, I certainly would expect that they've been having feel-out conversations with likely uh, trade partners since the season ended. So I don't think that that that, that process has uh, is going to be beginning in earnest at the combine. Although you can certainly get a little more information, et cetera. But I think the best deal to be had is always uh, at the end of the day, particularly when you control the board the way they do. I think the process that they should be undertaking is seeing what's out there dealing with the free agent process to determine which side of the ball they can make the most impact that way. So then they can set their board up and determine at that point in time, where the likely target uh, draftees are going to be who they can trade with in order to ensure a position to get those players on their board. If you're in a position to dictate 
as they are with the money for free agency and the number one draft pick in a situation where the Schefter identifies six potential suitors for a quarterback with three potential quarterbacks, none of which, frankly, are worthy of a first-round pick but are going to get that grade in this scant collection of, of, uh, of candidates, you hold all the cards. And I see no benefit to be achieved by making a deal early. And when your precedent is the New York Jets, who have not particularly been known as astute managers of draft picks or personnel generally, uh, I don't know that I cite that as anything that's supposed to be of any persuasive value in support of that argument. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Tom. I take my time. I let the situation work itself through, and, and I don't worry about trading picks until I know exactly where I am a post-free agency, and then I dictate where I go. I don't worry about other teams until it's ripe, and I don't think it's going to be ripe until that. Think about this as well, Bob. On top of that, if you can accomplish some things in free agency, it may change what you're looking for in return yep. in some type of pick. Now you may look for a young player who fits a, a role that you need and – now that, that that opening could be determined or you can make that decision based on what you've added in other spots in free agency. So, yeah, I would just I'd take, take my time sauntering down the hill. You know, Tom, I think that's because, you know, we're, we're veterans. You know, we're, we're a little old. older than these other people, and I think we, <laughs> we tend to want to conserve the wasting of unnecessary energy. We want to be uh, we want to be efficient with the way we expend our time and, and energy. So I, I get it. That. Amen. Sometimes you old men take, take too guys. long, though. I mean, That's like, true. I mean, Listen, I, uh, look, I totally take what <laughs> Meller said to heart as well. If the, if the Carolina Panthers just drop you know, an enormous bounty of stuff on your table and you're that's like, what I'm holy saying, right. hell, I just don't think that that's likely from, from them either. And, that, like, again, maybe they feel more about Bryce Young or one of these other quarterbacks than I do. Like, we're, 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 I'm thinking about this too a lot. Like the Colts are the desperate team, right? I think we we know because they're the they're the team that's got the crazy owner. They're the team with the general manager who's been on the hot who's on the hot seat now. They've tried with veteran quarterbacks most recently, right? And and every year they bring in a one year stopgap. None of them have worked. Yeah. Um. They they fired their coach. They got desperate. They hired a guy who was on the set of an yes. ESPN show, and so now now where do you think they'll get most desperate? Is it to go up to one to have the pick of the litter? Or do you think if you trade with Houston and you now own two and you take a quarterback off, do you think they would get even more desperate to get to two because one quarterback would be off the board? And then they're like, oh, no. What if we don't even get the second-best quarterback? It's hard to tell with them because, again, you're also hearing people attach Anthony Richardson's name to them. And – like, my guess is, is if you waited to four, you're going to get Anthony Richardson. But, hell, I don't know. I mean, you know what? The latest mock draft I saw today, I think this one was in The Athletic, had Anthony Richardson going third. They had uh, the top really? three picks being quarterbacks, the Bears trading down to four and taking Jalen Carter with the uh, Colts pick. So you See, that would be perfect. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For the Bears, you know? And did they trade down twice in that mock, or is no, it in that mock, too complicated? No, so in, in that the mock. Mo- in that particular mock, they had only traded directly with the Colts, and they um, 
they they took Jalen Carter, but the first three picks were, uh, I believe it was uh, Young, Stroud, and then uh, Anthony Richardson. Look, who's the co- the coach now in India? It's uh, Steich. Is it Steich? Yes, the, the the Philadelphia offensive coordinator. Yes. Right. Steichen. So, you know, I I don't know his his approach is going to be impactful as well. What are they thinking on that front? You know, does he believe that? The route is the same route they kind of took with Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Maybe Anthony Richardson's a guy that's appealing to them because of his dual threat capability. Um, He's nowhere close to as refined a passer as Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields or some of the other guys, but he's dynamic. There's no question about it. Look, that's why the next three or four weeks is going to be awesome. It's going to be fun for us. We've never been in this position. You know, we've never had the most salary cap space. We've never had the first overall pick as long as I've been alive and watching this team and, and, and following them and cheering for them. So it's going to be exciting. I don't know. I mean, I have no idea exactly what they're going to do. I do feel very strongly they're going to trade the pick. At, you know, at the very least, the least, they're going to be looking to move down. Maybe they stop at four because that's as far down as you can go and get Anderson or Carter. It all depends on how highly they've got those guys rated after scouting everyone. I don't know what their plan is. I just don't believe that they're going to sit at one. I do believe that they'll no, move out of no, that. That's no, the yeah. thing that I Look, feel. If they, if they sit at one, I think, we're, we're, I think Bears fans would revolt now. Yeah, but I, that's why I'm, I'm saying. I'm so lathered up now that... If they if they only make one trade, I'll be disappointed. You know, like I either want them to a now I'm in your camp on the fleecing. Yeah, fine. If you fleece the Colts and you get all these things, like Jimmy on the North Side has said, fine. If you only make one trade, now I, I or I'm I want them to do it in steps, where I want them to go from one to two and two to four. And make multiple deals and get multiple things. That would be ideal in my world. Like if, yes. if you could lay it out, because at four you're still more than likely getting Carter or Anderson. Yeah, and yeah. and you're still like if you could trade one for two and then trade two for four. Think about the. But additional even if you picks. get in the top eight and you still, what if you? Okay, so maybe you don't get one of those defensive players, but you still get one of your offensive linemen that you think can well, be one, one of your tackles forever. Look, I'm fine with that. It's just, like I said, you'll know what they feel about those two players, those two defensive players, based on how far they're willing to go down. If they're willing to make a trade and then move all the way down to eight, then that just tells you they're fine with either adding one of the two offensive tackles, the kid from Northwestern or the kid from Ohio State, or they think the kid, what is it, the defensive tackle from Pitt, or they can find someone that will fill a need and it was just too good a deal to pass up. I right. think it or all they comes just, down Or to they it. need more ammo yeah. to draft guys. You know, like, like one guy isn't going to fix what they have that they know trading down more and getting more picks unless is what they, they be- need to build a team. Unless they believe Jalen Carter is the second coming of Aaron Donald or someone like that because of how much they value that position. If they think he is a transcendent player at the most important position on that particular defense, then my guess is is that's going to limit how far down they're going to want to go. Derek, oh, go ahead. I say real quick, if they drop below four, they're probably picking up an additional first round pick from whoever. If they that's go to what like, I'm saying. that's it's going to be right. an additional first round pick into everything that the other teams would have given up. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's what they weigh. Like you, you could love a guy, but you could also say, look, we may love a guy, but we're still so far away 
that as much as we love a guy, we still need all these all these different picks. True, to, but if they good. think he's Aaron Donald, you'd take Aaron Donald and 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 you go. Would you not? Would you yeah, not? Yeah, if you course, believe right. that he was Aaron Donald, you yeah. don't trade that. No, pick away. you don't pass on Aaron Donald. Right. Or so that, like I said, I'm not saying he is. I'm saying you'll find out how they feel about those two players based on how far down they're willing to go in a trade. Derek and Carol Stream, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Derek? Hey, guys. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you taking my call. You got it. Thanks uh, for making I want it. to hit on a couple of points. Uh, first of all, let me say happy belated, Waddle. Thanks, buddy. But uh, And Bob and Rosemont, what a great call that was. He's always but, good, uh, yeah. I, I want to kind of relay on what Waddle was saying as far as, you know, First of all, you don't do anything before free agency because the, you, you're going to hit on a couple of things there and fill a couple of needs with that. Um, unless, like you say, if, if the Colts just really wow you, and let me throw a little pipe dream scenario at you. Might have been hitting the pipe when I came up with this, but uh, <laughs> what, does, uh, what, if, what if the Colts offer you this round, this year's first and second, next year's first, and maybe even on third, first, or a couple of players like a Quentin Richardson and, or DeForest Buckner or both. That well, fills a I couple mean, of needs as well. Okay, time out, time out, time out, time out. They're going to offer you, because this, this would be the epitome. This would be the epitome. You are hitting the pipe with Quentin Richardson. Yeah, this, this would be the epitome <laughs> of fleecing. If you get this yeah. year's one and two, next year's one, Quentin Nelson, Brent, uh, uh, Buckner, and a third-round pick, <laughs> that would be. I, I mean, run, if they're willing to do it, I will run naked through Grand Park if they get that. I'll chase you <laughs> naked. Okay, we're in. Yeah. Well, the twenty-five year uh, P one, I, I, I'll be there to watch it, Philby. <laughs> Not that I want to see that. Well, well, then I, you're a little too enthusiastic <laughs> about that. <laughs> no, I just want to see the the trade happen. I don't want to see that happen, but I want to okay. see it go down. That would be great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's, I think, the only circumstance where you're like, yes, let's make this deal today. Like, if they call you with some something crazy where we're like, we've got to have this deal and we're offering you all these things, where you're like, it's too good to be true, we've got to take it. Let's just tap the brakes as well because, you know, listen, I have as much hope and optimism as anybody. But remember, the, the early quick track record here is we traded the 32nd overall pick for Chase Claypool. Right. So, But isn't Earth Day good for something like that? I hope so. I hope something, this is a make Something outlandish. So, yeah, I mean, I it's just so. trades are weird. Trades are you don't know what you're going to get. My hope is, is that they fleece one or two people. I'm going to saunter down the hill like the old bull and hope to uh, survey the scene. But you just never know. All of our analogies have had to do with like sex lately, with the humping and really. Now the old well, like last week was all about humping as fans. Now we're talking about the young bull and the old bull. Yeah, and so Blue Chew promo code ESPN. <laughs> Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, Don in Ottawa, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Don? Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Look, um, I'm going to preface this by saying I doubt seriously we're going to solve all the Bears' ills in one draft, even with all that cap space being available. Agreed. So you got to figure we're not going to really be competitive till 2024. That being said, I hope not. The, move, the move that polls should try to make is trade the first pick to the Texans for their second pick and their 12th pick in this year's draft. And with those two picks, 
turn around and trade the second pick to the Colts. I heard Carmen the good kid talking about that earlier today, and I think that they came to the conclusion, the simple conclusion, that the one isn't worth the two and the 12. Right. Like it would be two and their first second round pick. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think that's what they like, said. I would, look, I would love the two and the of 12, course. but... But if you, even if you could get two, the two and what are the what is theirs? The 30... 33. 33, 33? because remember, yeah, th- rem- the Dolphins don't get a first round pick this year. So the second pick of the first round ra- or the second round would be moved up a spot, right? Yes, because there's only thirty one picks in the first round this year. So it'd be thirty three, right? Is that what you said? Thirty three. Yes. Yeah. So I take that. Yeah. And then move down again. And then move down again. With the them. only concern, though, is if you play that game and you, you're concerned, though, that like someone like the Colts or Panthers, it, whoever they're targeting, their guy could come off the board. And now, could. you know, that's where you have to be really sure about what you want to do with if the Texans. Well, I, and that's why if, if the Texans really want it and they want it to be done early, I think they have to give up both first round picks this year. But I don't think they're likely to do that. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't think that they would be willing to do that. But like, if you're the Bears, is is the two and thirty three enough? Because you could be trading away your leverage without even knowing it. If if the guy that the Colts and Panthers want gets snagged by the Texans, there. Don't you think too that that's why the Colts are throwing out this uh, bluster about Anthony Richardson? That like, hey, our guy's Anthony Richardson. No Try one to wants drive him. Down the price. You know what I mean? Like. Just to Who make knows people think. Them. Who knows with them? I want to, I, you know, again, the, the concept that this team, I, I know I've said this a bunch, but I'm not expecting this team. I don't think any of us are expecting them to win a Super Bowl next year. But the thought that this team Can't be isn't going to make progress next year isn't acceptable. And I mean significant progress. And if you're a believer in Justin Fields, okay, like, I heard Cap talk earlier, this team, I don't know how many wins he's got. Him. But if you're a big believer in Justin Fields, then you have to believe that with added help in the huddle and with all that they have in terms of draft picks and, and salary cap space for free agency, that he's going to get better. They're going to get better. So a five-win season next year just isn't, you know, no. if, you, if you believe in all that you say you believe in, then you better be expecting more than five wins in the upcoming season. Not good season. enough. Not good enough. And that like, just that's, means that you uh, haven't made the progress that we all expect you to make. When we do these remote shows, I don't know what comes through. I don't know if you heard me when the caller said, um, I'm not expecting, he said, I'm not expecting them to be competitive until 2024. Yeah, I heard you, you moan. And I said, I hope not. Yeah. Like, I, I, I want, I, I expect them to be competitive yes. next yes. year. Competitive is a loose term. I expect them to compete and to be in games all year next year. Yes. How many of them they win, I'm not sure. I expect them to be in the eight win, like in that eight and nine range next year. Your eye, nine. Even, the numbers may not even tell it for me, but your eyes will. You'll yeah. look at them and go, that's significant progress. That's significant progress. That was a good decision. That was a good decision. You may end up seven and ten or eight and nine. But you can still have significant progress take place, even though you're not 
you know, competing with the 49ers and the Eagles to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. I think if you, you know, this concept too, well, the great, the best thing to do is to get some really good players and still finish five and 12 next year. If you get really good players and you expect your quarterback to take the next step, you ain't going to be five and 12. If you're five and 12, the quarterback hasn't improved and the general manager hasn't made good decisions. Yep, exactly. Mike uh, on the Northwest side, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Mikey? How's it going, guys? We're good. So listen, you know, here's the thing. Maybe I'm from a negative. If I'm the Texans, why? I, I just don't see why I would give up anything since there's no clear-cut stud quarterback. And, you know, I mean, just go by what all these experts are saying. I'd say, well, listen, we'll take the second-best one, and we don't have to give up anything. Having said that, if we're looking at the Colts then, I mean, realistically, is there a, a clear-cut, you know, number four that should be they're, – they're saying there's four decent ones. I'm not saying that the Colts wouldn't trade up, but would they give you something that would really be so enticing you'd say, yeah, you, they, could, they could get a decent quarterback without giving up anything either. I think it comes down to the Carolinas. I think Carolina is the one who'd say, hey, we're going to lose out on all of these guys. We're willing to make this sweeter than any of these guys just for the simple reason because most of these guys are going to be gone when it comes to our pick. I just don't see the, the, the Texans and the Colts doing anything that would, you know, compare to what they would do. That's all. Look, I, I think it comes down to, like, McShay will, will tell you until he's blue in the face that, that Bryce Young is a fan, fantastic quarterback. Yes, there are issues with size concerns, but he has called him a mini Mahomes. There are others that believe that Bryce Young is a really, really, really good football player. And if you can convince yourself that his size isn't a significant issue, then you can convince yourself that he is a tremendously gifted player that can take your franchise where you want to go. I don't know who believes what. I don't. Right, and the the reason you you make the trade from two to one is you assure yourself that you control and get your guy. Like, yes. You, you don't say to yourself, we get our second best guy, and we're good with our second best guy. You, you just say, and you don't let your division rival, the Indianapolis Colts, get the guy you wanted. That's why. I, you know, I, I've, t- I've talked about this. You, three out of, like, there are three teams in that division who need quarterbacks. And, and like, again, like, look at the, look at the fields year that he came out. Lawrence, the Lawrence draft. Mm-hmm. That was a year that was supposed to be like this great transcendent quarterback crop, right? Yes. So it was, um, it was Lawrence. It was uh, the kid from BYU. Then it was Trey Lance. Uh, yeah, and and then uh, uh, Justin, and then Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Like how many of them now have really turned out? Like think well, about all the ones that don't turn out. And or the, the at least like the, the jury's still out on the jury really like as much as we love Justin, is is the jury in on him? I would say the jury is out on everyone except for Trevor Lawrence. Yes, I mean that's just being real. I know everyone wants to hump, but that's that's reality. I, I, we're we're pretty sure on fields, but you know Mac Jones, it's it, it, it you know he's a guy. Yeah. It, it, it they're all it, it's already a bust in New York. They're already looking for a new quarterback there. Uh, Trey Lance because of injuries and because he's so raw. Remember, to, you know, Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, is probably taking over that job. Remember, it only takes one. 
it takes one person to think that Bryce Young is the second coming of Patrick Mahomes, and you got to have him. And, yes, he's slight of build, but we can devise something around him and we can protect him. You need one to fall in love with him to the point where they can't have anyone but him. Like, and like I, have, I, have a, I feel pretty good. I have a pretty good feeling that that one team will exist at some point before the draft comes. Right, right. Ryan Pace had to have Mitch. Yes. Had to have him. How'd that feel? Sucks. So I still get angry about that. Like, I, like this is where, again, and I, we'll get to good, bad, dirty here in a second. I got irrationally mad again at Cap this morning. And, again, it's on me. Cap what was happened? making fun at the Texans this morning. He was, again, like – like sort of with Shefty, like making fun at the Texans for blowing that game. And could you believe it? And t- saying to Hoodie, Hoodie, can you believe it? Can you believe how dysfunctional that was? And can you believe how they completely did this and they did that over not getting the number one pick? And I'm like, dude, you're the dude who was yelling about cojones with, with Ryan Pace doing what he did with Mitch. Hijacking the entire organization, keeping everyone in the dark about Mitch, including the head coach. And like, By the way, and like you, you are in no, you are in no uh, shape to be making fun of the Texans. You are not allowed to make fun of the Texans <laughs> after you rode shotgun with Ryan Pace, yelling cojones and conviction. Don't you dare make fun of them. You're not allowed to, mister. By the way, the the latest version of the truthers has I don't know who it is. Have you seen have you seen the tweet that's out there that lists Mitch stats and and uh the kid in Daniel Jones's stats and it says one is, you know, whatever yeah. Mitch, the other is or one is, you know, whatever yeah, he is and the other one's getting 45 million dollars. Yeah, I know. It's it will never end. It will never end. People Never. fighting for Mitch. All right, let's get to the good, the bad, the dirty. The good. It's gone! Oh, my God! The bad. That is so bad, that is absolutely brutal. And the dirty. I got my mask. Uh, wow, so many stories are running through my head right now. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. The good, the bad, the dirty is brought to you by Finishing Chicago. Usually at 4.30, but we are on late because of Sox baseball. It's been around the room. One yes. thing good, one thing bad, one thing dirty that we experienced from the weekend. Waddle, what's your good? Oh, my good. The NBA had themselves a damn good weekend. Starting Friday, heading throughout the rest of the weekend, you had the Celtics-Sixers game, which was incredible. The finish was incredible. You had Dane putting up 70. You had the Lakers coming back yesterday from 27 down. It was nice of game to play. What's that? It was nice of Dame to play. It was. It was very nice of him to play. He was saving himself, and it worked out. Uh, and the Bulls won their uh, second in a row. So I thought it was like, listen, I was all dialed in yesterday for a lot of NBA because really that's the only thing going on unless you're, you know, the XFL floats your boat, which it really doesn't me. So I thought the NBA had a really good weekend. My good is uh, Manny Machado's weekend. Manny Machado got paid again. Like It sounded like he just got paid, didn't he? Um, yes. And uh, he did. By the Padres, not too long ago. But again, they renegotiated a new deal with him. And uh, now his total pay over a 15-year span of what he's going to get with the Padres is going to be close to $500 million. I believe it's somewhere in the ballpark of 
$470 million. And it's like the highest contract next to Mike Trout's deal. And um, Kenny Williams is somewhere still shouting from the mountaintops that the Sox deal was better. But a good weekend for Manny Machado. Way to go, Manny. My good, I know Waddle's aware of this because he is, of course, Captain B's when it comes to hockey. But for my Beantown buddy, I figured I'd hit on it. Linus Olmark became the 13th goalie in NHL history to score a goal. Sit out to Hathaway. He runs into Pedersen. A minute to go. Quinn Hughes. Connor Carlin off Besser's stick. Olmark is going to try it. Pretty cool. He was only the eighth goalie ever to actually score a goal while shooting the puck because oftentimes a goalie has gotten credit for a goal when the puck went in the net, but he didn't actually shoot it. So uh, that is one's that, for you, Waddle. Is that Thank Jack, Ed, is that Jack believe, Edwards yes. on the call? Yes. Former Sports Center. Uh, you know it. Yeah. Bruins, Bruins right now with 45 there. wins on the season. Oh, now. yeah. By the way, Linus Olmark, now just three. If he scores three more goals, he'll tie his amount of losses on the season as a goalie. He's got four losses and one goal. Ridiculous. Wow. What do you got, Tyler? You're good. My good from the weekend, the Indiana Hoosiers taking down Purdue. They completed the season sweep of Purdue for the first time since 2013. This was a big one on the road. And their freshman, Jalen Hood-Shafino, with 35 points. Indiana's best player didn't even play very well in this game, battled some foul trouble as well, and they still took down the number 5 team in the country. What's your bad, Waddle? Uh, my bad. Uh, today, the combine is officially underway in Indy, and for me, always brings back pretty much a uh, bad memory. Uh, was sick heading into the combine. I think I weighed in at 175 pounds and ripped off a 4.79 and a 4.81 40-yard dash. That was the laughing stock of the combine. So uh, I think it's cool. I think it's fun now at the age of 56. But if I go back, 21-year-old me. Very depressing uh, experience. It worked out pretty well for you. You had a good career and you've had a a great media career. It's all good. I'm just going back there in time is just kind of a humiliation uh, uh, remembered. Yeah. It was a bad weekend for Michigan State basketball. Did you see that Iowa comeback? I did. I had that on in the background and I could not believe it. Um, And Iowa, Fran McCaffrey stare down in all. Um, I you know he's a miserable you yeah, know what, but but still Iowa came back and they made a bunch of threes in the end and they ended up winning in overtime. But it was a bad weekend for Tom Izzo. You know how Stacy always says, "Oh, there's five Carusos on the floor. There's five McCaffreys on the floor at times." Yeah. I think literally. <laughs> Tyler has documented that for us. Yeah, there's I think three on the team, and then you've got the coach too. But, but, but what a con- like that was a comeback for the ages. So it could have been a good Iowa thing, but it was bad for uh, Michigan State. I also heard Shea uh, give a good rant. Shea had money on Michigan State this morning. Oh, no. He was pissed at Izzo. It was good stuff, but bad, bad, bad loss for Michigan State. My bad, gentlemen. A long weekend for Hawks fans. Got unnecessarily longer, of course. Patrick, Patrick Kane has probably played. His last game in a Hawks uniform. And, unfortunately, Saturday night, puck drop was 40 minutes late because the San Jose Sharks spent 
all night long honoring Patrick Marlowe when they retired his jersey, including trotting out the uh, the real life Mount Rushmore of Raleigh Fingers, Barry Bonds, and Chris Mullen onto the ice to uh, stand next to Patrick Marlowe. It was a never ending uh Stream of tap dancing for Pat Boyle and the NBC Sports pregame crew. You on guys Saturday were te- night. you guys were texting Saturday night about this. I was hammered. I was drinking wine and eating pasta at Washington Gardens in Highwood, and you guys were texting. I didn't know what the hell was it going. Was, on. I was just up the street from you. It was hilarious, though. It was supposed to be an 8:30 puck drop, but they knew it was going to be a half an hour late for Marlowe. It didn't drop to like 9:50. Nice. You at Desoto Waddle? Yeah. Yeah, so buddy I was John? drunk too. Yeah, yeah, I was drunk too. It was uh, another birthday celebration. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Tyler? Were you drunk Saturday night? I was. I was actually with Shay that night. Um, huh? and so there was. I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of you a little bit, Sylvie, and I'm also going to lump Jim Beheim in there as well. Just the old guard of college basketball. Pack up your offices. Time to go. Beheim, Izzo, get out. I'm done. Really? Is it I'm time done. for Izzo to go? Oh yes. Really? He's got four open scholarships right now. How do you do that? How, how do you underman your team intentionally like that? Biz, or Bayheim and Izzo, time to go. Okay. Waddle, uh, you're dirty. Uh, my dirty, after Dane put 70 up, I believe he had to, he had a drug test, and I, and I believe it was, it was a blood test. Like, really? Like, these things just can't be coincidence, that's embarrassing, can they? Yeah. No, that's embarrassing. Like, did John Moran say, too, he was drug test a bunch of times? After like good performances, yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't add up. When you, you when you go three for thirty from the field and you score twelve points, where's the guy with the needle trying to take my blood? I I drop seventy, and I'm the you know I'm the the toast of the town, and somebody's over there trying to take some of my my red stuff. Yeah, uh, my dirty. I was watching some baseball over the weekend, uh, and I was uh, watching Marquee Sports Network, and and Taylor McGregor knew from the start. She was in big trouble with this one. She was talking to Dansby Swanson about her, uh, his uniform and, more importantly, his pants. And this is what she said. Does it feel any different playing with your pants down? You heard that correctly, Waddle. One feel more any time. differently playing with your pants down? Does it feel any different playing with your pants down? Why? Dansby Swanson actually, uh, before that, was talking about how now he doesn't play with, like, the high pants, you know, with the socks up. Right. So okay. now he, he called it with his pants legs down, and he called it pants down. So she followed up. It was great. Boog and Deshays go, are we going to address the the elephant in the room? And they busted her about it. And she said, I knew right away I screwed that up, and it's going to go viral. And I wrote it down right away. So Taylor McGregor, shout out to you. Glad that they had some fun with it. Yes. That's all you can do, Right. I called Aaron Andrews Andrew one day on the show. You're going to sometimes say. It happens. Then your pants are down. Boys, wrap us up. Uh, my dirty gentlemen, anybody who chose to bet the under in the Kings Clippers game on Friday night, which saw 351 total points scored in double overtime, the Kings win that one 176 to 175 over the Clippers Friday night. Second highest scoring game in NBA history. And it wasn't an all star game. 
That's right, yeah. And uh, for my dirty, I'm going to go with all the buzzer beaters we saw this weekend, not just in the NBA, but in college as well, including Desmond Cambridge from about three-quarters court. His actually counted from almost three-quarters court uh, to beat uh, number 7 Arizona this week. So the buzzer beaters in both at the NBA and in college were amazing this weekend. Ready for the madness, right? I mean, the calendar's turning here in a couple days. Let's get this thing going. All right, there you go. That's the good, the bad, the dirty. Uh, and it's brought to you by Finishing Chicago. All right, let's crosstalk with uh, Black and Abdallah. That was uninterrupted Waddle and Sylvie for about an hour after the White Sox game. Really good stuff. And we'll talk to Black and Abdallah coming up next. Waddle and Sylvie are back. Are back. Follow the show on Twitter at Waddle and Sylvie and at T Waddle 87. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Yeah. All right, uh, fun show today, even though it was a little less than normal. We still went uninterrupted for about an hour. We'll have a full show tomorrow. Black and Abdallah have a full show tonight. They're in the old National Bank studio right now. What's up, boys? Fellas. What's up, guys? What's going on? What's up? Lots looking to fleece on. somebody. Looking yeah. to fleece somebody. It's combine week. Get your North Faces out. It's time to fleece. <laughs> <laughs> How's you guys, you guys, you guys understand the old bull versus the young bull joke, right? Yeah, like, but you, you can't really tell it on air. We tried. Well, right, yeah. but that's why I was trying to talk around There's it. not really like a good... Like, here's a good way, all right? There's a... Uh, there's, um, let's see. Uh, how do I do this? Um... There's a young wolf and an old wolf that are upstairs that are up on top of a hill, and the young wolf says, "Let's run down there and yes. and eat a chicken." Yes. And eat the chicken. old wolf says, "No, let's walk down and eat them all." Yes, that's good. So when go. it comes to the Bears and the potential for them to trade the number one overall pick, instead of rushing to some sort of deal, I'm just saying saunter down the hill and make sure that you engage with everybody. Yeah, that's, that's what they're doing this week, though, right? Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Ryan Pace just or Ryan Pace? Ryan, I'm going to do that like ten times. I've done it a hundred. Doesn't times Ryan Poles just sit down at a table and he's like, "All right, like it's the Godfather. Just come in and make just just in a hotel room and have people come in and make offers. Just put a sign up sheet out in front door. Be like, just with with time slots. Texans can take one. The Colts can Absolutely. take one. The, the Raiders. The I'm just saying Panthers. I'm not in any I'm not in any rush to consummate any trade at this point. No. You know? I think it gets done before the night of the draft, though. I think it happens. So you're oh, saying yeah, when yeah, the draft yeah. starts, the Bears will not be the on the clock. The Bears will not be on the right. clock, yes. Right. For it will least, be for probably at least the draft first week. Yeah, yes. for at least the first overall pick. Yeah. Like, they might not have the next one worked out yet. But for at least the first pick will not be theirs on yeah. draft night when we get I, to Thursday night of draft night. I'm just referencing because Shefty talked about it. He wasn't say, making any predictions. He just said, look, there's precedent, albeit a, you know, it's only happened once or twice, that the, a deal, a big deal is made earlier. I don't see them making any deals until they get through some free agency. Yeah, you know, and people have to see these guys work out and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What Saunter do you guys have on the, the show? Oh, we're talking uh, football. I mean, this news from Schefter is huge, so we'll break it down with Bears fans. And also, I don't know if you guys uh, heard or saw today, there's a pitch clock in baseball, and boy, are people amped. This is really moving it. We're going to break it they down They found tonight. the new slice of bread. It's Woo! the pitch clock. Here we go. <laughs> it's the best we're, thing in the we're world. We're going to lay some bunts down later on. It's better I, than the I internet. Love it. Yeah, I love it. 
All right, uh, good stuff. Black and Abdallah coming up next. Uh, thank you to Jeff Meller and Tyler Aki. We have a full show for you tomorrow, so tune in at 2 tomorrow. For Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Monday night.